Morning, church. Hey, I, I'm so happy to be here with you today. Um, just in person. It's gorgeous. It's a little chilly, but it's still good. It's good for welcome to Christmas in Ventura, where it feels like uh, spring, I guess. <laughs> but it's great. I'm glad you're joining us online, too. Thanks for watching with us. Um, I, you know, we bring it up. Uh, we try to bring up every week, but our church vision is not that we're just a singular community in Ventura but we're multiple communities throughout the United States and the world. So if you're watching this and you're by yourself, I wanna encourage you, if you're you know, in college, in the military, in a home, wherever you're at, you know, find someone else and, and invite them in. You know, whatever you feel comfortable doing, if it's on your front lawn, if it's in person, if it's at you know, a restaurant, somewhere else, you know, do life together and let's watch the message. And, and that's where discipleship happens. We have a doing life moment, doing life together moment where we sit down and we talk back and forth and, and wrestle with our faith to, to grow and expand what we believe in. So with that, Patty. I did have a couple announcements this morning. We have a communion coming up on Wednesday. So make sure you set an alarm so you can remember uh, if you don't have the uh, link for that. Make sure to email us. We'll get you the link. Um, and then make sure you have elements ready to partake, whether it's crackers and water or juice or cookies, or I think we've done a little bit of everything. Um, toast with jam. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just the, the point is coming together um, to pray for one another, to real, to recognize and acknowledge. I don't think I could ever tire of acknowledging what Jesus did on the cross for us, for me personally. Um, and so it's just a time to come together and spend that intimate time with Jesus and with each other. And even if it's on a Zoom call, the Lord can bypass technology and his presence can still be in your home, in, in each of our homes, separate but together. You know what I mean? Um, and that's the beauty of it. I, I love that, that Jesus is just, oh, he's and just so good. also, this is our Christmas communion together. So bring, oh, yes. bring a candle and something to light it. If you don't have a candle, a lantern, flashlight, bring something to turn on a light source, if you will. A Santa hat <laughs> Santa. To, to wear your Christmas attire. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's this Wednesday, 7 p.m., Christmas communion. Cannot wait to see your face pop up on our screen so that we can share that time together. And then also, ladies, we got two Fridays. So December 11th, we're having our next art night. Um, and that's always just a fun time to look forward to. So make sure you are emailing us to get the link and then um, keeping an eye out for the reminders on our social media and whatnot so that uh, we can get together and do some fun Christmas painting. Um, that'll always be a good time. So I don't think there's any other announcements. We're good. And just pray for good. time. Actually, um, before we go into our tithe and offering time, I kind of wanted to kick off this Sunday um, with our Advent, you know, every Sunday from here until Christmas, it's just a time of um, expectancy, which is really what Advent means. It's just that time of expecting um, the Lord. And so in the Old Testament, it's crazy because when you think about being patient in the Lord and waiting for what is to come and what uh, he's going to bring in your life, it's hard to be patient. I am not a patient person. <laughs> My family can uh, tell you. <laughs> I want something done, you do it now, when mom says. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but the Lord has really um, taught me a lot in the last two years about being patient and waiting on him. And so with Advent, it's just so special because we wait for the coming of Jesus. Um, but it, what that means for us today is just waiting and being expectant for what the Lord is doing in our lives. And what better time than Christmas than to be reminded of, of his greatness and his goodness. 
And so when you think about it, in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, right, there's the, the prophecy of the Messiah coming. And they had to wait for hundreds of years. <laughs> I don't know the exact number, but there is, there is a waiting for, for Jesus to be born, to come. Um, and that expectancy during that waiting, I can even, I mean, tons of things happened during that time. And then you fast forward to um, the present day when Jesus is finally there and, and you see people's reaction to it. It wasn't what was expected. People were expecting this high and mighty and fancy and adorned king living in a palace. And what did Jesus, and what did the Lord send? He sent a teeny tiny baby <laughs> in a manger hmm. amongst wild, no, not wild, livestock, amongst wild <laughs> livestock, um, out nowhere, you know, and so we can get into that, more of that later, because it's just such a special, the Christmas story is just, oh, it's just my favorite, but um, I guess it, my encouragement for you today on our first Advent this Sunday is be expectant of what the Lord is going to do, and don't, don't put any expectations on it, if you're asking for something, continue to ask for that, for the miracles, for the healing, for the provision. Keep asking for it. But don't limit the Lord into having it look like what you think it's going to look like. Hmm. Be expectant. Uh, expect for more than what you're asking because that's the kind of God we serve. And that's just, and that in and of itself is just incredible and amazing. So with that, as you prepare your tithe and offering, and as we say, Lord, I am believing for good and great things for my life, for my family, for my friends, for my coworkers, my children. Would you, uh, we talk about tithe and offering being a time of obedience to the Lord. Would you pray and say, Lord, this is what I'm doing in obedience to you. This is what I am giving because I'm expecting such a huge and amazing things to come from you. So once you have your tithe and offering ready, we have, if you're here on campus, we have the box by the double doors over here. You can slide it on in there. And if you're watching online or if you need to go home and do that online later, go to our giving page at lighthouse805.com. Fill out that information there. It's easy peasy. And um, we can get squared away that way. So would you all just join me in prayer? If you're here and at home, would you join me in prayer over that? Lord, we thank you. Because your goodness, it surpasses everything that I could even begin to imagine. And I thank you for that. God, because you're just so wonderful. And we thank you that you are a God of provision. And that provision comes across in, in the material, in finances, in uh, what we need emotionally to fill our souls, Lord God. And so we thank you for what you bring um, spiritually, the provision that you have of, of when we ask, God, I want to know you more, go deeper with you. Lord, you follow through and you start to show us more of who you are. And so we thank you for that. We thank you that uh, you have such amazing plans for each of our lives individually. And you have amazing plans for us as a church family, Lord. And we are just so excited and honored to be a part of that. So we thank you, Father, for all your goodness, for all your blessings, and for everything that you're going to begin to do today, that you have already begun to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have, have you ever run out of gas while driving? It's... No, okay, just me and Aaron. We're the only ones here today. Like, yeah, okay, thanks, Jay. Thanks. I <laughs> it's it's terrifying. It's really scary. Because I remember when I was in Bible college, where I lived, it was like 15 minutes away from college, and I knew that I needed to wake up and leave the house 15 minutes before class started uh, was you know, just what I, what I did. So woke up, jumped in my car, drove up the 10 freeway 
going to Life Pacific College. And we're one, one Monday, or I think it was like a Tuesday morning class early. And the car just started shaking, turned off, and I'm on the freeway at the far left lane, which is like the fast lane. And my car starts decelerating. And I'm like, I need to make it to class. <laughs> like I'm trying to like shake it forward. I like turn the the air off and turn the the radio off, assuming this will jumpstart the car back into life, realizing that that has no hope. So I just start moving over to the right, like all across all three, four, five lanes, however many. And it like it was just by God's grace, Covina Boulevard, I think, West Covina, the one with the, the movie theater right off of it. It was like right there. So I was able to coast off off the freeway. So I wasn't gonna be stuck on the freeway. And then I went down the ramp and I was like, if I use the brake at all, that's just where I'll stop. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. No brake. And just hopefully I can get like off this off ramp. So I go off the off ramp and I make like a hard right turn onto the, to the road. And I start coasting and I'm like, where should I just end this trek? Like, where should I end this journey of my car dying? And then all of a sudden it was like God's provision because it was like the first business there was a gas station. And I was like, thank you God so much. So I'm still coasting. And then I see the gas station. I'm like so excited. I'm like, hopefully I make this. So then I do another as hard as I can turn and screech into the into the gas station. And it's one of those ones where you have to kind of drive around a little bit. And I just make it to the gas pump and I put on the brake and I'm like breathing heavy. I'm like, I need gas, fill it up and keep going. But there, Ever since that, that traumatized me forever. I mean, there was one time we were driving. <laughs> I think we went camping or something, we we're driving. And if it gets around like a quarter of a tank and we're nowhere near a gas station, like I start like, like getting a little anxious and worried. So yeah, and on this trip, on this trip, if you know that highway, I forget what number it is, but it's like in that Salinas area. And it goes from the coast inland. I don't even know what the number it's like is. like the James but Dean? The James Dean Highway. That's how yeah. I know it is. Um, there's a long stretch <laughs> with nothing, nothing at all. And I remember, th like, we passed a gas station. I remember it because there was a giant, like, James Dean head at that gas station. It's like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the gas light came on, and I, like, woke Matt. He was asleep, and he w was not happy with me. I was like, we passed a gas station. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's below a quarter of a tank. <laughs> but anyways, I panicked hard. We didn't run out. We were safe because I was praying. <laughs> Oh man, Today, today's message is entitled Running on Empty. If you're taking notes, using your phone, notebook, whatever, write down Running on Empty. I want to jump into Matthew chapter 12, uh, verse 1 through, through 13 today. Um, actually, 1 through 8, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 12, 1 through 8. And I want to look at the story of what Jesus' response was to the Pharisees' reaction to the disciples feeding themselves on Sabbath. And if you didn't know, we're in a sermon series called Change Your City. Change Your City. And we're looking at every single week of what we need in order to change our city. Right? It's collectively, we have our own cities, and it's those cities are comprised of our friends, our families, and the people that we're closest to. And every single person, whether we have the exact same name of a city, we're not living in the same city because we have our own communities, right? So let's look at what it takes so that we're not running on empty because we can't be effective in the kingdom of God if we're running on empty spiritually, 
right? We need to, we need to be fulfilling ourselves, our, our faith, our spirit up. So Matthew chapter 12, verse one says this, at about that time, Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off some of the heads of grain and eating them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested, look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, haven't you read in the scripture what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and he was, and his companions broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? I tell you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. But you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of the scripture. I want, to, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. And God was pointing out the scripture to me in, in, in the sense of filling your tank. So the disciples are here. And they are, they're filling their, their energy, right? They are eating and they're consuming because they're, they're depleted and they can't continue the mission without feeding themselves. And it just so happens to parallel that it's on church day, right? It's, it's Sabbath. And so I wanted to look at the parallel of we need to feed ourselves and what are we consuming to fill our tank? And the, the interesting thing is uh, we're going to look at the two different people here, the disciples and the Pharisees, and what tanks are being filled. So the, the other thing I want to set up the whole message is Jesus quotes a scripture here that's Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, and it's, it's really in align with the vision of our church. So with that, look at this, Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. I want you to show love, <clears throat> not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. So Jesus quotes the scripture a, a couple times in the New Testament to people saying, listen, it's all about showing others love and it's all about knowing me. So that's, that's where love God, love people. It's, it's built off of this foundation and we know it's important. Jesus quotes it to people, right? This, this is where it all boils down to. I want you to show love and I want you to know me. So today I, I, wanna, I wanna look at the difference between running on empty and running on the wrong fuel. So the difference is I'm really looking at the disciples were running on empty so they had to fill themselves up, but the Pharisees were running on the wrong fuel. There was something else that was motivating their faith that was causing to act like this. So th that's, that's where I'm going with this, this today and what the Holy Spirit prompted on my heart. So the first, first section I want to talk about is fueling up. And as Hosea 6, 6, knowing Jesus. So it says, I want you to know me. So this is, this is the first half of when we're running on empty, we need to make sure that we know Jesus. That's, that's where we're filled up, when our relationship with Jesus is we fill up through Jesus, through the, the word of God. We, this is how we fill up. 
So I want to look at some different scriptures that, that point out what it means to actually fill up. Because it's, I think it's kind of easy to say, yeah, like I love Jesus. Am I filled today because I said that? You know, what, what am I doing to, to fill my tank? So here's some stories of, of what Jesus interacted with humanity. Luke chapter 10, verse 39 through 40 says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And, and this is the classic story of, of Jesus saying, no, you're not getting it. She's sitting at my feet. And Jesus sits there and analyzes priorities. So the, the first way that we fill up our tank is understanding that Jesus is first, right? That's the first point. Is it's, it's easy to fill our tank when Jesus is our priority, when Jesus is first. It's much more difficult to fill our tank when Jesus is a last priority, right? If I get this done and I do this and I got this and I'm busy here and, and oh, I forgot this and oh, I, didn't, I didn't even remember this. And it's easy to have one, two, three days go by, then those days turn into weeks, then months. And then you're like, all right, my new year's resolution is to have Jesus first this year, right? That's, that's where we need to, that's how we fill our tank. So the first thing is we have to make sure Jesus is a priority. Jesus is first. The next, the next, next point of, of having uh, fill our tank with Jesus is John chapter 13, verse four through eight. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Like, has anyone ever read this and put yourself in Peter's shoes and thought, I don't think I want the creator of the universe touching my feet right now? Like, I would be super embarrassed, but I'm glad Peter took one from the team to help us understand this life lesson. <laughs> Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, P said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. Oh, man. The, the second thing that fills our tank. So first we have Jesus is first in our life. But then second is Jesus cleanse our life. We need to have Jesus as our savior. Right, we need to have Jesus as our rescuer, as, as our confidant, as, as the person who deals with our sin. He is, he took all sin on and died on the cross and rose again. And if we don't allow Jesus to be that, we are neglecting to fill our tank. Jesus needs to fill our tank by taking on our sin. And that's, that's where it comes down to. He needs to do his job. And, and we get in sticky situations when we think, no, my feet are too dirty. I can't let you touch it, Jesus. No, my sin is too big. I can't let you deal with it, Jesus. That's, that is literally an overlay of who we are is in Peter's shoes of saying, as, as feet are gross or disgusting or whatever. 
right? Jesus, I don't want you touching the worst part of me. And Jesus ironically says, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. See, we're on this side of the cross and and we understand. Jesus needs to touch the most embarrassing thing of our lives. How to fill our tank as Jesus cleans. So, moving on to to the, the last part is Matthew chapter 16, verse 15 through 16 last part of how to fill our tanks when when we're running on empty because we're not effective when we're empty Matthew chapter 16 verse 15 through 16 but what about you he asked who do you say I am Simon Peter answered you are the Messiah the son of the living God I when I read this this verse I really believe that's, that's one thing that Jesus is going to say when we get to heaven. Like, who do, you, who do you say I am? You know, when we're standing before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, I feel, I feel it. I just feel like this is something. It's like, who do you say I am? You know, and on judgment day, I, I know who I'm going to say Jesus is. Right? He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's, he's Abba Father. He, he's everything. And the, the question really comes down to, how is your relationship with Jesus? So what fills my tank and what fills our tanks is being able to know who Jesus is to us. It's our relationship. Our relationship with Jesus fills our tank. We need to have this understanding and, and this relationship because our, our tanks can't be filled unless Jesus is our Lord. He is our Father, unless we have a relationship with him. And I really believe the Pharisees got into a lot of trouble because they neglected that. See, God was God to them. But then they failed to obtain a relationship. So when you fail to obtain a relationship, you start veering off into kind of a, I don't know if I want to say corrupted path, where you're trying to, fill your life with other things that don't belong there. And so that's, that's where the disciples were at. They were walking with Jesus and they knew exactly who he was. Right? They were filling their tank up. And I love that, that imagery of the disciples in that, in that field, that wheat field. They were filling their tanks with Jesus. And the Pharisees were so bothered by it. Right? Oh, that's not, that's not the right rule. That's not the right regulation. That you're, you're doing it all wrong. What are you doing? You know, and, and when you're not filling your tank with Jesus because out of relationship, you can have some pride and resentment start building up and start pointing your finger at other people because they're not acting like you. And it's more out of jealousy and frustration. But it can come across as, I don't know, self-righteousness and, and all the other things. So what I want to do is as we dive into a doing life together moment, uh, what I want you to really reflect on is Matthew chapter 16, 15 through 16, right? But what about you? He asks, who do you say I am? I want that to be on your, on your mind as, as you, you talk about how do you build your relationship with Jesus? That's how do you do it? 
And I want you to talk about that with someone next to you in, in person or even online. And I want you to take just a moment. How do you build your relationship with Jesus? What do you do daily? What do you have routines? How, how do you receive? What's, what's the easiest and hardest parts of growing with Jesus to you? Like, what do you wrestle with? What's easy? And I want you to really talk about this because you might be doing something that might help the person who's sitting next to you. Or you might share something of like, this is my pain point. I, I just don't know. I, I have a hard time, blah, blah, blah. And, and they might have gone through that. And they, they'll be able to disciple and, and, and pray over you and, and work with you in this moment. So in this doing life together, what I want you to do is, is reflect on the scripture and talk about, talk about this. And if you'd be so bold, would you pray with someone next to you? All right, so let's take a moment and do life together. Well, hello, church. Yeah. So good to have this time together. So we were going to address that question. How do you build your relationship with Jesus? And I love that part of this question is, it's what do you do daily? Because when you think about it, a relationship, like in our marriage, it's not just like a, when I need you, <laughs> it's, it's a daily thing. It's yeah. how can I serve you? How can I make deposits into our relationship, you know, so that we're both good. It's not just a one-sided thing. And so it's the same thing with the Lord. And, and it's, how do I invest into my relationship with Jesus? And I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> it's spending time in the word. And something that I've learned recently, too, of, of just a different way of reading the Bible is ask yourself questions the whole time you're reading. Lord, what does this word mean? Why, did, why is this a word here three or four times in like one paragraph? Who is this person? And look it up. Google is a powerful tool. And if um, you don't have a concordance or a commentary or all of those Bible tools are super helpful, turn to those. If you don't, you can Google things up you can call and ask us. I'm constantly asking Matt, what is, <laughs> you know, and so it's investing that time daily um, with the Lord. So I'm going to turn to see what some of you all are. Please take the time to answer in the comments. We, this is part of having that conversation um, yeah. together and doing one, life together. One thing I, I think that's just awesome um, is there's a gentleman in our church that has committed to writing out scripture and a devotional every single day and putting it on our website so if you ever you know want to get a daily inspiration yeah. or just a daily word that's something that it's, it's a it's, good place to start it's a fantastic place to start you yes. just go to the website it's on the home page and the, there's also a page dedicated to all of them in a row so if you want to go through all of them at once you know you marathon the devotion time. marathon yeah <laughs> there's lots of good stuff in there i promise you um so let's see you got janelle saying you know, what she does daily is spending time in devotions and in the word. Another thing too, is if you have the Bible app, I know Janelle and I are huge fans of that. <laughs> we go through the devotions on there and there's some that are like three days long. And then there's some that are like through the whole year, you know, and sometimes I've got like four different devotions going on at one time. <laughs> um, and it's just so good. You know, those times where you just can't get enough. Uh, and she says, then tried to see where that will have a role in my day. And that's so good. And for the longest time, I wasn't the kind of person who could read the Bible first thing in the morning because I'm still waking up. <laughs> um, but I've learned the importance, and if that's you too, hey, I feel you. Um, but for me, the importance of 
first thing I do when I open my eyes is I jump into the word and it's to set my day off. And so it's like what Janelle's saying is how it plays a role in my day because now I can apply what the Lord has been speaking to me throughout my day. Nakia is responding. I spent a time, I spent time with God in many different ways. What's hard is how to keep things fresh. Ooh, yes. Because it's so easy. We can become creatures of habit and then they just become monotonous, like a checklist, you know, that we have to mark off. I use spiritual disciplines to keep things fresh in my relationship with him. That's so good. And those, we can give you more on that on spiritual disciplines of things that we can put into practice every day um, to keep to keep things fresh, to, to make our relationship with the Lord new every day. You know, it's like what the word says, right? His, his mercies are new every day towards yeah. us. So we should offer the same back to the Lord. Jess, Jessica is saying, daily I need to spend time in worship. Oh, so good. It prepares my mind to think about him and try and try to filter my words through him. Prayer flows from there too. Yes. And the beautiful thing about worship is it's all, der- it's all derived from the word. We just take the word and we put it into song and we tell the Lord, this is what I have for you, Lord. This is my worship. So I challenge you, keep putting stuff in the comments. Keep, you know, ask each other, hey, what did you mean by that? If you have questions about spiritual disciplines, here's a good time to say, hey, Nikia, I have a question about that. Um, and so as we continue to dive in the word, keep that, keep that in the back of your mind so you can be pondering about that later on today. If you don't know what you do on the daily, think about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide Aaron you and tell you. commented too. Aaron says, God speaks to me through my friends and family. My kiddos remind me, remind me every day of how much I need God. Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, I, I love that. Like, that's a huge, that's a huge one for me too. It's like, I get so inspired and so faith-filled when others share like what they're getting out of the word and what God's speaking to them. It's like this entire encouragement and then I get all excited I'm like oh no, I need to get more and it's like it's those moments that I just absolutely love too yeah it's like yeah and then you want to share that with someone else right because yeah. I know there's stuff that he's le- he's learned from someone else and he's like hey did you know and he tells me and it's funny because we can start like a, a telephone chain like that of, <laughs> yeah. of passing those bits of wisdom off to each other so like I said keep pondering that you know, ask, ask questions about it and everything. And um, the Lord will show you what works for you. And that's the beauty of it is what works for you may not work for the next person, but that's a special thing between you and the Lord. And so that's just how thoughtful God is and how he designed us to begin with. So let's jump back into um, the service. And we can't, I cannot wait to go back and read through what some of you all are saying. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we, we, the first half, we really talked about what it means to, like when you're running on empty, right? Just like how cars don't work well without fuel. Likewise, our spirits don't work well without spiritual fuel, right? A car without fuel will just sit there in complacency. Likewise, a Christian without spiritual will sit there in complacency and comfort. And I think the beauty of this, this sermon series, and we talk about it each week, is Jesus' ministry took place in Capernaum, which the definition was village of comfort. And this whole idea of we need to get out of our comfort in order to change our city. And like a car, will not move, cannot move without fuel. 
and and it needs that fuel source to go forward and and likewise you need that fuel source to accomplish the the calling and and purpose on your life that god has placed on you to change your city so going back to the scripture of hosea 6 6 one more time i want you to show love not offer sacrifices i want you to know me more than i want burnt offerings we we already we kind of did it backwards huh I want you to know me is what we talked about. But now let's, let's really look at, I want you to show love. And again, this scripture is, is really the, the lighthouse vision. And we talked about how a lighthouse, it's pillar. It's the foundation of, I want to know Jesus. And it's our connect, our connected to the whole uh, Trinity, right? And then the light source that shines outward is showing love to our communities and how lighthouse is the symbol of the cross. So uh, I want to ask, moving off of you filling the car with fuel, let's talk about filling the car with the right fuel. Have, have you ever had a gasoline car and put diesel in it? Has anyone ever done that? You have? <laughs> Shouldn't have admitted to it. <laughs> he didn't call. Oh, we, I know, well, now I officially know two people that put diesel in a cast a gas car. Uh, the other one, first one was David. He raised his hand. And the second one was my mom in the '90s in our Honda. Uh, our Honda gas car did not like diesel. Uh, I don't remember much other than my dad was like, "What made you like put diesel in in this car? Like you've never, we've never done that." And I want to say that pump was open. And so that was the reason why, but it didn't work very well. So sorry, mom, I had to share the story. Um, what I want to talk about here is the, the disciples realized they were running on empty and they had to fill up. But the Pharisees were running on the wrong fuel. And what I, what I, I want that to sink in for a moment. The fuel that we're intended to run off of is Jesus but they had replaced Jesus with rules, with regulations, with self-righteousness, with everything else that wasn't Jesus. So when Jesus did show up, the leaders of the church, who should have been the first ones to accept Jesus, tried to murder him. Right? You, You know something's off when the leader of the church is turns to violence and murder when the owner of the church shows up <laughs> like something's wrong and and i i want to say that the pharisees it wasn't like a quick slope to getting that position i think it was more gradual i think it was over a long period of time i i want to say that it was probably set up however many years ago and throughout time and tradition and, and passing down that inheritance and lineage got to where it was. And so if, if you're a, a parent of a child or even a spiritual parent who speaks life into a child, you need to be careful with the inheritance that you're passing along. Because what you pass along will become what that child uses as, as a fuel source. It's, it's their faith. So... Being empty of fuel is really from 
being empty from fuel and staying empty from fuel, if you will, is usually from laziness, comfort, or just unwillingness to progress in their relationship with Jesus. But wrong fuel is all from substitutions. Substituting out what Jesus is supposed to be doing. See, their, their fuel is trying to be self-righteous when Jesus makes us righteous through him. It's their fuel is earning salvation when Jesus gives grace for free. All right? it's, it's their fuel is judging others when Jesus is the judge. I mean, the list is infinite, right? But it's, it's when, when, you're, when you put diesel in your spirit, if you will, it's because you're taking the place of what Jesus is supposed to be doing and putting anything else in its place. Right? It, it just doesn't work. It doesn't run. It might run for like a minute, two minutes, I don't know. But eventually it stops and, and damage occurs. I think that's such like a good illustrative parallel. Well, and it's also why it's so easy to turn to the next thing, the next substitution. Because it's not long lasting. It's it's not the, mm. the, the fuel that we need. And so it's easy to like when that one runs out to turn to the next substitution and the yeah. next substitution. And then we're in this like spiral of never really being satisfied or happy because we don't have the proper fuel that we need to be running. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Jesus really speaks at this in Hosea 6, 6, right? He, he, he talks to the Pharisees and says, it's about knowing me, but then you're grounded by showing love to others. And this, is, this not only helps us stay with the right fuel source, but it also blesses others and equips them to start receiving Jesus as a fuel source. So how, how, do, we show, how do we show love? How do we fill up on the right fuel? So I want to go through some scriptures in Luke, and we're going to be bouncing around a little bit in here. But Luke chapter 23, verse 34 says this, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing, and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So in the middle of the story where Jesus is being, he's already been arrested, he's being beaten, hair plucked out, crown of thorns, whipped, and go on a cross and, and rise again. In the middle of it, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. So the first thing that grounds us in, in filling up on the right fuel source is forgiving those that hurt us. First thing is, is having forgiveness. That's, that's the first thing is, is forgiveness has to be a major source of, of grounding us. And it, can you imagine if the Pharisees walked in forgiveness? I mean, life, it would have been completely a different story. Right? If the, if the Pharisees started having a life practicing forgiveness, they would have accepted Jesus. And who knows what the, the disciples would have been, right? We may have had different disciples. And just a little side note on forgiveness, because I know that one, it can be hard depending on what you're trying to forgive someone about. That's a daily practice. Yeah. That's a being intentional every day of, of, of forgiving every day. Um, and it gets, e it gets easier over time. That's what practicing is all about. It's, it's training to, to be the best. And so let's be the best 
at forgiveness and it just takes practice every day. Yeah. I know that's like, uh, and that's the first one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just, I just imagine like, I know different points in my life when I was, I was hurt and it's like actively being hurt and I knew I needed to forgive. And it's like, well, let me jump on to step two. Let me just skip step one for now and I'll come back to it. Unfortunately, step two kind of builds on step one. So Luke chapter 22, verse 50 through 51 says, and one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. This is the moment where Jesus is being arrested, right? This is the moment where guards swoop in with swords and the disciples panic and slice off a guard's ear. And she's like, knock it off. Like we are literally just praying because we know this is happening. And he puts the guy's ear back on. And so the, the second step is help those that harm you. So it's, it's, it's hard to forgive, okay? But can you imagine the outcome of the guy who got his ear put back on? Like if you were that person, wouldn't you just be like <laughs> dumbfounded in that moment? Just like, what just happened? <laughs> and so, yeah, like when, when you're practicing that forgiveness and bringing, helping usher in that healing that Jesus has mm-hmm. to offer, can you imagine the person receiving that? what they're feeling of just like, I never knew this was a possibility, you know, and just that moment of enlightenment of, wow, tell me more about Jesus. Tell yeah. me more. Like, don't you think that soldier would have been like, what are we doing to this man? You, oh, it's just put yourself in that guy's shoes. <laughs> yeah. It's like guaranteed. We will all at, if not already at some point be hurt by someone. And Bitterness and resentment can set in, which will start filling us with the wrong fuel. But we need to, the the faster we can address forgiveness, and then the sooner we can start helping them in whatever way. I, I think it's funny how all of a sudden moments will happen where they'll need help. And in the back, in back of, okay, in back of my mind, I'm like, oh, they totally need help right now. <laughs> and I know they need help. And they're not going to ask me. Cause that's, that's another thing. It's like a pride can be like, oh, I'm going to wait for them to ask me. They hurt me. They, they can, they can grovel up to me. That's not how it works. Help is saying they need help. So I'm going to help. And let that forgiveness just keep reminding myself. I forgave them. I forgave them. I forgave them. <laughs> so, so forgive, help. And then the, the, the third one is, is Luke chapter five, verse 30. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteousness, but sinners to repentance. The last one is love the unlovable. Right? So it's, it's forgive help and just love and you can't get to loving someone unless you can forgive them and you're willing to help them and if there's help needed right and and it's it's kind of an interesting thing that god really he lays it out in hosea 6 6 and then he throws it i don't know if i want to say throws it back in their face you know in the new testament 
just say the Old Testament is still valid in my new covenant. Like the wealth of knowledge and wisdom is still here. And, and to be grounded in faith and continue growing and to have the fuel source in your spiritual life to run the race that I have placed before you. You got to love God. You got to know me and love me. But you got to love the people around you. No matter how bad they treat you, you got to love them. And, and that's, that's what it all comes down to is that's the vision of our church. That's the foundation of what Jesus spoke constantly. And, and that's what he brings up in here of if you, if you genuinely want to see your city changed, it's this, you got to know Jesus and you got to love people. You got to do it actively, not just kind of like pick and choose, right? One day you can't choose gasoline for your car and then the next day choose diesel because the line's empty. You got to stay consistent in the word of God of what he's given and pro- placed over your life. So with that, next steps this week, uh, it, it's just Hosea 6.6. 6. Like that's, it's the church vision. It's what Jesus quoted. It's Hosea 6.6. 6. I want you to show love. I want you to know me. Can can we all just practice this daily? Like with the, the forethought of, man, not only I can't wait to see what Jesus is going to speak to me because I love him and I know him, but I can't wait to see what he's going to do through me because I chose to open up the bridges that feel burned, that maybe feel like I want them to cross and do the extra effort because I'm still hurt. No. I, I want you... Jesus says in my translation in the New Testament, he says mercy. Right? What, what, I want you to show mercy. Mercy. Like, think about that. I, I want you to love people, and I want you to show them mercy. Meaning, they did something, and now give mercy on them. All right, let, let's, let's have that, that insight this week. As our next steps. Let's practice this daily. So with that, Patty, can you pray for us as we go into a time of worship? Oh Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you because you, you bestow upon us so much of your wisdom, um, wisdom and knowledge, Father. And so I pray that with the Holy Spirit's help, would we be able to put all that we heard today, all that our hearts absorbed, would we be able to put it into action this week? Father, would you, Holy Spirit, would you reveal people that we need to forgive, that we need to keep on forgiving, no matter how hard it is, um, so that we can also usher in your love and your goodness. Holy Spirit, give us that strength that we need. Remind us of what that, of, of what re- receiving mercy feels like, so that we can help usher that in for others, Lord. And it's ultimately just for your kingdom, Father. It's so that more people would know you, would love you, would experience you and all that you have to give. So we thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for all the life that it holds. And would we never take that for granted either, Lord. So we thank you, Father. Would we enter into your um, presence in, in this time of worship? Would it just be so sweet? Would it be so special? And would you speak to us right now, Father? 
um, whether we are on our knees in our living rooms, whether we are here on campus raising our hands, Lord, would your, your Holy Spirit just begin to speak to our hearts in that, that sweet voice of yours, Lord. So we thank you for your faithfulness and your promises and your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
just thank you that we can fully rely on you to give us the fuel we need to not just press through our day but honestly I think personally I need your fuel sometimes just to wake up in the morning and to want to do the day <laughs> thank you for your fuel that gets us up in the morning that starts us on our way clothes us in our right mind keeps your spirit within us Help us, God, to continue to make that as fresh as possible. We're yet just broken vessels before you. We need you to fill us regularly, constantly, Lord God. And we just open ourselves to you and ask you to have your way in us, God. Thank you. All these pieces, broken and scattered, and mercy gathered. Mended and whole, empty-handed, but not forsaken. I've been set free. I've been set free. Yeah. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch Oh, I once was lost. 
that just keeps on coming. All right, so as we go along in this week, remember to show mercy. Remember to, to practice forgiveness too. When you see someone, even that special person who's wronged you in a special way, um, I mean, how could we rebel against the kingdom of God and receive such mercy and grace in light of his holiness and turn around and not repay God's good for good. If Jesus says that caring for people, that, that showing him love is clothing those who don't have it or feeding those who are hungry, if that's showing love to Christ, then let's all the more go out and give that to even even the harshest of people around us. Yeah, just, just walk in mercy and constantly be looking for that, that time with Jesus. All right, have a good week. <laughs>